Local businesses deserve local decision-making, and that's why Oconee State Bank is proud to announce that Philip Edwards and Chad Thomason will be leading the loan production office for the athens Clark County area. With strong market knowledge and accelerated decision-making, Chad and Philip can help area business owners, entrepreneurs, developers, doctors, and others move quickly to respond to opportunities. Let your business experience remarkable this year with Oconee State Bank, OconeeStateBank.com, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Beyond the Cupola. Presented by Oconee State Bank. At Oconee State Bank, experience remarkable. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank, where we love to experience remarkable, and we're going to do it again over the next 30 minutes. I'm Mike Salmond. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. And our guest today on the program is Jeff Henderson, a man who wears many hats. <laughs> he is the owner and founder of The Four Company, and that's F-O-R, The Four Company. We'll talk about that. And he's also, I've, I found out before the show, the lead pastor with Gwinnett Church. So, when do you sleep? I can't keep a job, Mike, basically. <laughs> No, it's it's great. Hey, by the way, first of all, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with the Ford Company, uh, and we're going to talk about businesses and how they could be successful. But you've been an entrepreneur off and on for for many years. You've been right. very successful. Your latest venture is the Ford Company. So I, I guess let's back up a little bit. Start from the beginning. Sure. Talk about your business background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, I started. Uh, I started with the Atlanta Braves, actually, in their marketing department. This was back when the Braves weren't very good. So I did promotions and marketing for them. Would this them. be the 80s? Oh, yes. Well, pretty much any time before the 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to some extent, you know. And so that's where I kind of cut my teeth in marketing. Long story short, I then wound up doing sports marketing for Chick-fil-A and was there for a number of years. And loved that, Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl, all of that. And never thought I would leave. But long story short, we got involved in a church in Atlanta, North Point Community Church, and they were opening up several locations around the Atlanta area. And they asked me if I could open up the fir- help open up the first one and called Buckhead Church in Buckhead, not too far from where we are. So I did that for eight years, and then they opened up another location in Gwinnett. And I'm from Gwinnett, went to Norcross High School, and so I thought— well, sure, that'd be fun. So we've done that for the past eight years. But so I have this blend of nonprofit and business world experience, and I just love kind of bouncing back and forth. So that's a little bit real quick of, of kind of my background. Okay. And so now you're you're also, when you're not uh, at Gwinnett Church, you're, you have the Ford Company. What does that company do? Sure. What You know how businesses sometimes experience declining sales, or they are fearful that that's coming. They're seeing the trajectory Absolutely, of that. Absolutely, yeah. Or in the other world, nonprofit world, sometimes nonprofits see declining participation declining membership, or declining giving. Well, what the four company does is we teach businesses and churches and nonprofits two questions that we can help turn their businesses around, particularly from a sales standpoint. And it's really to be more for the customer than for the business. And there's some specific strategies, marketing-wise, messaging-wise, communication-wise, that we teach businesses and uh, churches to do to be more for the customer rather than just for themselves. Okay, you mentioned two questions, Jeff. What are those two questions the businesses should be asking? Yeah, and this is a question, Mike, for businesses, nonprofits, churches. But the two questions are, what do you want to be known for? So that's our vision. That's This is the kind of uh, business we want to be. This is the kind of 
nonprofit we, we want to be. That's the vision part of it. So what do we want to be known for? And then the second question is, what are you known for? Now, the first one is the question that we answer. The second is the question customers answer. Now, if those two questions, if they match what you want to be known for is actually what you're known for, then what happens is in that moment, you create a sales force for free. It's called word of mouth advertising because your, your customers are experiencing what you want to be known for. When that happens, bang, you've got, again, that, as I mentioned, a sales force for free. My experience is that's usually rare uh, or less happening than it does the other part. So if those answers to those two questions don't match, there's a way that we help organizations close the gap so that when you are known for what you're for, your customers tell their customers. Because in essence, and you know this, Mike, a brand in today's world, a brand is no longer what it tells customers it is. A brand is what customers tell other customers it is. And when you're known for what you want to be for and it resonates with the customer, they tell their customers. So that's the power of word-of-mouth advertising. And what the Ford Company does is we just basically teach companies, businesses, churches how to do that. You mentioned not a lot of companies have that success. You got your teeth cut with Chick-fil-A, probably one of the best in the business at doing that. Mm -hmm. But why don't more companies have that success as far as, okay, here's what we stand for and, and here's how people see us. How come a lot of times, more times than not, it does not match? Well, now this may sound a little, uh, I don't want to say rude or whatever, Mike, but basically, let me just say this. If a business was a person, many businesses would be considered narcissists. Because if you look at their Facebook page, their Instagram feed, their Twitter feed, it's really about, it's all about them. In fact, I tell this to church leaders as well. I'd say, get out your phone and let's go to your Instagram page of your church. My hunch is that the last 10 posts were about the church. Uh, come to this church on Sunday, do this, do that. And it's the same about business. But customers are getting too savvy for that. And if, if you're more interested in what they're doing than what you're doing, then they're going to get interested in what you're doing. So I, I think winning brands of the future will be less concerned trying to create customers to be raving fans of them and winning brands of the future will become more interested in being raving fans of the customer. And there's a shift there. And one of the things I've seen with Chick-fil-A, sure, we want raving fans. And, and Chick-fil-A would define raving fans as people who come more often, pay full price, and tell others about it. So that's a, that's a raving fan. So you still want that. But where the game is going, particularly from a marketing standpoint, is you want to be more of a raving fan of the customer than trying to get the customer to be a raving fan of yours. And I can give you some specific strategies about how that works. All right. If you want, do I need to ask the question? <laughs> okay, yeah, no. I don't want to get. I don't, don't want to get you to give away all your secrets. Oh no, I just didn't know if 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 if, uh, if you want me to go there. I'll, I'll just give you. Yeah, one. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this. I, I'll give you one one example. Um, for let's take a. I mean, you you would take any brand, and I'm not trying to be critical, but let's say Home Depot, Lowe's, Chick Fil A, um, Coca Cola. If you go to their Instagram page right now, um, you will find that they have more followers than they're following. So, for example, right now, Home Depot has 500,000 followers on Instagram. They're following 400. And then most of the posts are all about Home Depot. And when customers comment on those posts, they're not liking them or commenting back. I think that's a gigantic miss. So what's happening is, is a lot of these brands, and this is true for smaller companies, it's true for churches as well, they're, doing, they're not doing social media, they're doing digital media. Let me back up for a second, Jeff. You said Home Depot, there's a giant miss there in, on two areas. One, all the posts are about them. Right. And two, they're not responding to the posts or, or liking the things that people are posting about them. Absolutely. 
And when you do, what happens is, is it's called social media. And what the four company does is we help companies and churches actually leverage the social part of social media. Because what's happening right now is it's really just a digital brochure. That's what most brands are treating social media like. So they've got social media departments. They've got huge advertising uh, uh, budgets that are actually creating some great, it looks great. I'm not saying that the Home Depot site or Lowe's for that matter, it looks fantastic. But if you were to comment on, and this is what I do for a hobby, so I have a, actually a boring life. I actually comment on these posts, and I just wait to see if anyone ever comments back, and they rarely, if ever, do. And part of that is because they don't have a system. And the reason they don't have they don't have a system, Mike, is because the system is all about self-sustaining the business and keeping it alive versus being really concerned about the customer. I'll give you an example. The other third example that, that Home Depot, and these are, I think this is consistent across the board, that they miss it is they stay on their own social media platform. They never venture off of their platform to go onto the customer's platform. So let me give you an example. And I was with Home Depot recently. I, sh I shared with them this example. So one of their 500,000 followers on Instagram, uh, she just got recently engaged. All right. So this is a follower of Home Depot. She's following you, Home Depot. Okay. So she got engaged. All Home Depot has to do is just to like her in Instagram post where she got engaged and said, congratulations from your friend at Home Depot. That's all, that's all you got to do, all right? Now, let's say she gets married. She comes back. It's a Saturday. She and her husband wake up one Sunday, mo Saturday morning and go, you know, we need to do something with the kitchen. Let's get in the car and let's go. As they're driving down the road and there's Lowe's on the left side and Home Depot on the right, do you think, hey, do you remember when Home Depot commented on our Instagram post? Do you think that'll come up into the equation? Absolutely, because the strategy here, Mike, is when it comes to social media, the more personable, the more remarkable. It's not how cool your post is on social media. It's how did you personally respond to that person and make your big old brand get really personal. And when you do that, you show the customer that you really are for them because you're noticing them. Now, brands will say, I can't do this for 500,000 followers. But uh, a huge leader and influence of mine, Andy Stanley, says, do for one what you wish you could do for others. So you can't like all 500,000, but you can like more than you're doing now. So that's a practical strategy, and I call it the social loop. So when a company posts something on social media, the loop begins. And for many of them, they never close the loop. And I got a great example of this last week. A friend of mine was saying, I was telling her about her and her company about this, and she said, you know, I'm a big Starbucks fan. A year and a half ago, I posted a picture of my coffee at Starbucks, and Starbucks liked and commented back to me. And she said, it just blew my mind. I, I took a screenshot of it, and I showed it to all my friends. And I said, okay, time out. Can you tell me a post in the last year and a half that Starbucks has put on Instagram that you told other friends about? And she said, no. And then I said, so it's been a year and a half, and you're still talking about it. And she said, yes. I said, what, in that moment, what Starbucks showed you is that they're for you because they noticed you. The more personable that you can be, the more remarkable that you'll be to your customer. And that's where the game's going. And I don't see a lot of brands, really, quite frankly, not a lot of nonprofits going there either. So what we try to teach at the four company, those are, and that's just one strategy, strategies that you can tell the customer, we're really noticing you. We're following you. We are with you. And what we're here to do is to make your life better. That shift sounds really easy, but there are a lot of brands, and the larger they get, the less likely this is. They, they don't have systems to make that messaging uh, a reality. Wow. Remarkable stuff. Uh, Jeff Henderson, our guest here on Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank. His company is The Four Company, F-O-R, The Four Company. Real quick, the website for folks that want to check it out. The4company.com. 
Okay. Yep. Pretty simple. F O R. Okay. Um, social media. I mean, every day the land- landscape is changing. What platforms do, do companies need to be on and be aware of today? Mike, it's changing constantly, but I would say right now it's Instagram. And what's happening, a lot of people are leaving Facebook because they're kind of mad at Facebook and they're going to Instagram. They don't realize that Facebook actually owns Instagram as well. (laughs) So you're not really leaving Facebook, just going to a different platform. But particularly for brands, Instagram is a much healthier place to be. Right now, Twitter is so volatile and uh, Facebook has its own challenges. And there's a lot of current research that says that people are more open to brands right now on Instagram. Now, this typically has a a, li- a shelf life. And the reason for that is at some point, advertisers catch up. And you're starting to see that on Instagram with the sponsored ads. You, and you, you vi- mean MySpace is not good anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Remember MySpace? Oh, yes, yes. I think that's the fear of every, so I would imagine that's the fear of yeah. every social media platform. I mean, Facebook's been around for, what, over 10 years now, 15? Yeah, I mean, well, and it's it, it, it's still king. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, it's, it's certainly still king. Um, but I would tell you even this, Mike, here's another myth that many brands are missing, is there's a lot of emphasis on social media, but what's still king to this day, even beyond Facebook, is email. And people diss email, they criticize email, but many brands don't leverage their email list. And here's why that's important. When you have a, if, especially for entrepreneurs, one of the best things that entrepreneurs need to do is to build your email list. And if you, and there's a whole email strategy that we could talk about that we teach, teach our clients about. But email is actually more important than social media. Because when you have someone's email address and can add value to them on a daily basis, it's just a tighter audience than even Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, primarily because of this. Facebook, and this happened just recently, Facebook and Instagram changed their algorithms. So when they change their algorithms, that can limit who, you, who actually sees your posts. They can't touch your email inbox. So the real king is email. But it's not enough just to have a bunch of email addresses. You've got to have a system and a process that adds value to those that are following you. And you know where I see this? A huge miss is in nonprofit and church world. We just don't... We just over-inform people on email, and we rarely inspire people. And so the click rates and the open rates are very, very low. But there's a way to teach organizations how to do that. There's a system that you can not only increase the open rate and click rates, you can actually build your email list. So if all of a marketing strategy is built on Facebook and Instagram, you have perhaps unknowingly set yourself up to be um, a victim of Facebook and Instagram's algorithms. And I'm not smart enough to figure out the algorithms. I just know they, they're there and they change constantly. It sounds like maybe the most important person on your staff, whether you're a profit business or nonprofit, is is your social media media you know person uh, these days. I mean, that just it's so easy to you know for for those of us that did not grow up in that era where we had social media to, to brush it off. Because you tell me about Instagram, and I'm thinking, oh, great, another platform now that I really need to be on. I need to find some some young gun to kind of run that for me. Right. Well, and I would say this, it's it's in anything in life, I think it's better to narrow the focus. So if you were to say if I if a brand was here and they would say which one would you if I could only do one, what one I would would I focus on right now? I would focus on Instagram. And that's not to say we shouldn't be posting about ourselves, but but I'll give you a great example of someone that's doing Instagram really really well and it goes into this strategy. And I don't even know who these people are. I've never met them. So if I'm I'm I, 
they certainly didn't pay me to be here. They don't even know I exist, Mike. But is an organization called Chubby's Shorts. I don't know if you're familiar with Chubby's, but they basically they're shorts for men. All right. Um, to give you a little bit of perspective, Home Depot has 500,000 followers. They're a multi-billion dollar organization. Chubby's has 450,000 followers on Instagram, and they're a $10 million organization. So they're doing something right. Well, what they're doing is they have turned their, for the most part, they've turned their Instagram account over to their customers. So customers will post pictures of their kids themselves in Chubby Shorts, and that's how they get on online. And so when they see their picture on the Chubby's Instagram account, everybody, you know, like I mentioned earlier on the Starbucks account, they screenshot it, they send it to their friends, and then people go, who is this Who is this chubby shorts? I never heard of them. So let me back up. What just happened is they created a sales force for free. They yeah. created a team of people out there that for no charge are telling people, in essence, go be a follower of Chubby's. And they're like, I never heard of this organization. Well, that's one of the reasons why this organization relatively, actually not relatively, incredibly smaller than Home Depot, actually has almost as many followers than, than Home Depot has. Because Home Depot is posting about Home Depot, Chubby's is posting about their customers. Right. And it's just a brilliant strategy that they're doing. If you can get your customers engaged, that, that's huge. Absolutely. And all they do, Mike, is they just... They just search the hashtag Chubby Shorts, and they just now they don't they can't post every one of them, but they're just looking at them and they go, oh, there's a great one, and then they post it and they tag it, and then it, that's and it just it just goes viral, and and every business wants to go viral in a good way, right? And and that's this is one of the ways you do it. You talk more about the customer, you highlight the customer more than you do the business. You mentioned, uh, Jeff, an area where some nonprofits might be dropping the ball when it comes to, to marketing and so forth. Uh, what are some maybe lessons, I'm going to turn it around a little bit, what are some lessons maybe that the profit world could, and you know, corporate businesses, could learn from the nonprofit world? Well, in, in the nonprofit world, which is where I spend a lot of my time as well, Mike, we have to inspire people to serve and not pay them. That's a challenging thing. So we have an army of volunteers, if you will, at our church, and we pay them in coffee and donuts. So if a, if a for-profit of the business leader thought like that about their team and said, if they weren't being paid, what could I do to create a work environment here that they would be willing to show up and even work here for free? That kind of a, just thinking like that, because somebody could say, push back and go, Jeff, that's not reality. Okay, that's not, I'm not saying it's not a reality. Well, right, because the church, you're inspiring people. And right. When people are inspired, they'll go to the great lengths. Right. You know, how do you inspire them if you work in a corporation? Right. Well, I think it goes back to these two questions. What do you want to be known for? And what, what are people saying about you? And I think there has to be a, the reason a lot of people go into the, you look at the statistics, statistics in business world and, and 80% of people say that they just don't feel like there's a purpose to their job. I think there can still be a purpose in their job for business or nonprofit. doesn't matter. And I have a lot of people say, oh, I wish I could be in the nonprofit world because you have purpose. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? If you have purpose in your business, that's a game changer. And, you know, I was dipped in this culture at Chick-fil-A. I mean, what, one of the things they want to be known for is they want to know, they want to be known to be a brand that inspires others to serve others. I mean, that has nothing to do with chicken, has nothing to do with waffle fries. But at the end of the day, they go, hey, we want to be a business that inspires others to serve others. Well, that's something to rally around. That's something to go, hey, we're, and they'll, they say this all the time, we're not in the chicken business. We're in the people business. That's the business we're in. Chicken just happens to be our venue. And that kind of thinking, that sounds very similar to a nonprofit thinking. I'm telling you, for the businesses that, that have this 
this mantra of purpose and vision and we're it's bigger than us those are the thriving businesses of the future and it's 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 really what a lot of folks are now calling a meaningful brand are you meaningful and it's and one of the things we say in the four company is it's not enough to be the best company in the world today it has to be you're the best company for the world and the younger this goes especially this i mean this is you're talking right you're talking millennial language right now <laughs> you know and a lot of businesses are asking how do we market to millennials okay well, it's going to take an authentic approach, but it has to be something about being f- making the world, the community, a better place. And if that sounds rah-rah and, you know, too simplistic, then I'm sorry. That's where the game's going. Not to get off on a side note on a couple of things about Chick-fil-A. Number one, it doesn't hurt that the chicken and waffle fries are awesome. And you got to have a good product. Absolutely. <laughs> right. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. And, and, and they stay in their lane. They don't try to offer hamburgers and roast beef sandwiches. They, they, they're in their niche, and that's what they, they offer. And, and they're the, the best at it. Another thing is, too, when you think of Chick-fil-A, you don't, you, you're right. You don't just think of the chicken. You think about you know, the, the, uh, the values that they, they, they represent. You think about them being closed on Sunday so families can be home and, and not work and, and do what they, what's important to them. And I'm surprised more companies and more restaurants don't follow that. Maybe fast food where they might be closed on a Sunday. Right. But uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting how that business has grown and, and everything they have done and done right. And it's not surprising that sales on Monday are huge because everybody goes, oh, oh they're closed. I forgot. And Every- so then on Monday, it just gets in there in there. Yeah. In their brain. So, so yeah, that's a great example. I swear to God, every Sunday my yeah. son's like, let's go to Chick-fil-A. They're closed today. It makes you want them even more. I know. There, well, that there's a marketing strategy there. It's called scarcity. Yeah. Scarcity means up. Oh, it's only available for a limited yeah. time. And so those. that's why when I worked for Chick-fil-A, it was fun. We, we would do more business. We would do more sales in six days in a mall than all of the other food court combined in seven days could do. Yeah, I remember when when uh, you know when when Coors was not available, and I'm not a big drinker at all. But when Coors was not available east of the Rockies, oh, you'd go everywhere that. looking for Coors, and, and then <laughs> then once it became commonplace, it was no, it's like no big deal now. Yeah, scarcity is a huge, huge marketing, uh, huge marketing thing that that you need to to leverage. And I'll give you another quick example: Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. I mean, there are times when you have to wait on a Harley Davidson. Oh, but yeah. if you were to ask. If we had someone from Harley Davidson today, what do you want to be known for? They wouldn't start with a motorcycle. What they would say, what they would say, Mike, is we want to be known for personal freedom, and we can give you that. Gonna, I was going to say lifestyle. Yeah, and so and what happens is they create two things. This is to get a little deeper after those two questions. They're creating a sense of belonging. I want to belong to the group that has personal freedom. And the other thing they're doing is there, and this is this is huge, Mike. They are creating a fear of missing out. FOMO is a huge, huge marketing strategy that isn't leveraged enough. So what? What, what, did, what did you just say? Fear of missing out. Oh, FOMO. Okay. That's the that, that's an the analogy that's there. the hip sure. language. That's the hip language nowadays. <laughs> so, um, but FOMO, fear of missing out. And so what Harley Davidson does is, hey, do you want personal freedom? Because these group over here has personal freedom. And then they create. Once you buy the motorcycle, sometimes you've bought the motorcycle before it's delivered, which is so smart. But they're already, they already have been given a sense of belonging because now that you're part of the club. And they have this whole thing called the Hog Club, uh, Harley's ownership group. And there are concerts that you get to. You get information before anyone else. It's just, hey, I belong. And they want to create this fear of missing out. So all of that is, is just smart strategy. But it all really goes back to what do you want to be known for? And if, 
you got to have a great bite, to your point. The waffle fries got to be good. If not, you mark it to your detriment. But if that's all true, it's not enough in today's world to have a good product. Put me on a Harley eating some waffle fries and Chick-fil-A, <laughs> and I'll be a happy camper. That's right. Just not on Sunday, right? Just not on Sunday, unfortunately. Uh, Jeff Henderson, our guest. Uh, it's the Four Company. He's also the lead pastor at the uh, pastor at the uh, Gwinnett Church. As we get close to the end of the show, I told you this 30 minutes would go very fast. It has gone did, fast. Did I? Uh, let me ask you about uh, what maybe are some of the best practices that companies can use to improve presentations, whether it be a one-on-one meeting, it be a, a conference. What are some practices? practices that you might want to share in the last couple of minutes we have here? Well, real quick, I, when I'm with business folks, I ask them, how many of you have ever endured a boring business presentation? And everyone laughs and raises their hand. Okay, so we've all been there. And then I ask, how many of us think that might have been us giving the presentation? You know, So at one moment, it's funny, and then it's not so, so funny. But part of it is business leaders, and this isn't, Mike, it's not, I'm not saying it's in a group of 100 or 200. It could be in a boardroom of five, okay? But we've been taught great business strategies, tactics, accounting, all this, but many times I've discovered that business leaders have never been taught how to prepare. And so what happens is, is when I ask business people, are you prepared? They show me a deck of about uh, 75 PowerPoint or keynote slides. Okay. I'm like, okay, let's take all of that away. What's the one thing you want them to remember? And so one of the questions I ask, there's several questions, but one of them I'll leave you with is what is your single most persuasive idea? That's all. What is your single most persuasive idea? And then the, the feedback I'll get sometimes is, well, I don't, if I only have one idea and I've got 30 minutes, how do I fill the time? And my point is this. Your goal isn't to fill the time. Your goal is to leverage the time. And actually, the shorter, the better. So if you can communicate, it's an elevator pitch. So what is your single most persuasive idea? And we teach them some basic things to practice. But, and the other thing I would say this, and, and business leaders hate this, Please, please, please practice your presentation before you give it in front of real people. You hate it. You don't want to do it, but I'm guaranteeing it'll just help your presentation. If you'll just pretend they're there, have a dress rehearsal, if you will, and try just getting those words out loud for the first time in front of no one is a game changer from a presentation standpoint. I got you. So, so cut back on the PowerPoint slides. Yes. In this case, less is more. Yep. So we probably should have ended this interview 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, right. uh, Sorry no, about that. A, a fascinating conversation and, and uh, Jeff, great stuff. Uh, for those that would like to find out more about your company, maybe look into using your services. Cause I mean, you've just gave it a lot of great, valuable information that just, uh, uh, I've learned a lot just in the last uh, 30 minutes. For those that would like to find out more about your company and, and, and get engaged, ha- yep. again, give the website any other information you want to yeah, share. Yeah, The Four Company, F-O-R, thefourcompany.com, and then they can just follow me on Twitter, Jeff Henderson, and uh, would love to would love to help them any way we can. And do you know a good church you might want to promote? <laughs> Somewhere in Gwinnett, maybe Gwinnett Church, maybe search that one. If Gwinnett, you're in Gwinnett Church, GwinnettChurch.org. <laughs> GwinnettChurch.org. Okay, great. And you're the lead pastor. I am. So if I go in on a Sunday, you'll see. I'm going to hear you. You'll, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I think it'll be very fortunate. Uh, Jeff, great stuff. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Mike. Go dogs, by the way. That, when were you at Georgia? Oh, you shouldn't have asked me that. Okay, uh, just, 1988. You, okay, you tell me after the year. Okay, we we were, we went we passed then. Yep. Um, yep. Go dogs. Big uh, first of weekend. Well. Austin P. <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for Austin P. Anyway, I want to thank uh, our listeners. I want to thank my producer, Trey. A reminder, you can listen to the show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then select Beyond the Cupola, and you'll see all of our Beyond the Cupola shows. So until next time, I'm Mike, and we'll see you next time right here on Business Radio X.